Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hi, kids, and welcome back to Industry Tactics, a podcast that Exclaim Magazine recently called one of the top five new podcasts in Canada, and we're honored, thank you to our friends in the old media for the recognition. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed, and we really appreciate that kind of support. Uh, if you have any questions and you want to ask me anything about the podcast, we love this DIY nature, the connectivity among us. Just between you and I, gentle listener, you can reach us at Industry Tactics. And when I say us, I really mean we, me, the royal we. Come back anytime to any of the podcasts. This is number 12 that we're going to queue up, I believe, here right now with Jada Kelly. Um, wonderful conversation and what a breath of fresh air. She's a great spirit. And I'm honored to know her, and I thank her for saying yes to doing this. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did having it. We're recording here live in the kitchen. Of Jada, Jada Kelly, welcome to Industry Tactics. Can you say it? Industry Tactics. That's great. And we're going to spend, you know, upwards of an hour talking about all things industry. You sound great, by the way. Good mic placement level. You know this, of course. You, she doesn't even have the earbuds in, for those of you watch, uh, listening at home. We're shooting this in virtual reality right now. Not a big deal. Allow me a moment. And we're not live to answer your question. This will go up <laughs> later, okay? You'll probably be back in Nashville. Where to begin? Now, okay, the podcast is about outsiders in the music industry, okay? You know what a, you know what a podcast is, of course. It's yeah. not live. Do you consider yourself to be an outsider in music? No, you're right in there. I see you <laughs> right in there. That's. Let me answer the question for you. Okay. Are you an outsider? um well i don't think so um not a lot of people know about my music so maybe that makes me an outsider yeah no i think that's um probably the most important part of being a musician is that you have to be you have to go to your friends shows you need to connect with people and um it's it's a community that's that's the aspect of the music industry that I love most. Oh boy, oh boy. So that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to kind of try. I want to try to um, learn more of from the work that you do because I've been watching and listening and loving everything that you do, but you're really one of the things I'm most inspired by uh, that led me to want to speak with you is your creative flower on the industry and, and how you navigate and, and I want to know kind of what that's like from your end what kind of inspired some of these decisions you've made over the years that you've been making music um, so so one of the ideas is like how you fundraised your last record love and lust <laughs> go ahead um, yeah I, I wanted to get creative with raising money for this album I um, 
I didn't want to just do an online fundraiser. I wanted to include people. So we actually, we, I, we threw an auction where I auctioned musicians off for dates and... Hot chicken. Hot chicken. Who did you auction off? I auctioned myself. I auctioned... Holy, that is um, vulnerability. I auctioned Corin Raymond. He, yeah. he was offering a boat ride. That was the date. Oh, neat. A romantic boat ride. And then uh, I auctioned my manager. I auctioned Nickel Robertson, who's your guitar player. Uh, a date with Nickel Robertson. Yeah, or a guitar. We gives you guitar lessons. Oh, a guitar lesson. Because he's married. That's kinky. That's kinky. Yeah. He's married. He is married. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who else did you auction off? Um, Melanie Brule. Wow. Who's a French songwriter? Yes. Um, didn't I auction you one year? You did something with me. I can't remember what I did. Oh, a box set. It was a box oh, yeah. set. Because I am happily married as well. You're married too. So yeah, you were part of uh, the process. You gave us your CDs. And, Neat. And we did a silent auction too, where people from all over Toronto donated yoga passes or CBC Music Festival tickets or t tickets to see the symphony. So um, it was a lot mm. of work, but we raised quite a bit of money. You're breaking the mold. And talk to us. I want to kind of get into it. I'm, I want to learn where you come from. But I, um, but like the, this is a good starting point for me is, is, is digging a little into like the no one's doing, hey, let me uh, commission a stained glass. Uh, you've been doing a lot of stained glass and then applying the profits to your music. Yeah, so that was the other component um, that I took up stained glass art this year. And just this year or yeah and so wow. I, I ended up making maybe 20 uh, personalized lamps for people all around the world so they you know they would donate a certain amount of money they'd get the album but they'd also get this lamp from me so we raised an insane amount of money through that you don't hear that every day kids <laughs> 20 for people all around the world that that deepens the experience I think eh? Mm -hmm. like if I gotta buy one of these off. I gotta buy one of these off of you. That is a beautiful thing. That's an investment. Yeah, that's not only you in your keep... music, in your, in in what you you know, it's something you can keep. It. it it makes it a deeper experience. I think, right? Yeah, for sure. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> and so, what else did you like? What what led you to that? So you didn't want to do like a a typical fundraiser. No, I um, I wanted to. I wanted to make it fun. There's so many people making music these days. Anyone can put their music online. Anyone can fundraise their album. Yeah. Um, but um, I wanted to do something personalized where you could take home a bit of Jaja. Yes! Thank you for that. It was very kind. <laughs> so what, when did it all begin for you in this uh, adventure? Um, well, I first started... I was working in the music industry um, when I right when I graduated from U of T and um, what did you study at U of T English English beauty yeah and um, you know I was always doing open mics when I was there and talent shows and whatnot with my band but um, when I graduated I I had about three jobs working in publicity working as an intern at a label I was a assistant to uh, a blues songwriter by the name of Shakura Saida. Right. And um, you know, I was working the evenings at Roy Thompson Hall as an usher, so I was, I was very busy, but I was trying to learn as much as I could because I thought, you know, when I do have a record, I'll know exactly who to give it to. 
And I think that's mm-hmm. important for artists. You need to, you need to learn how to, to, to network and you need to make these relationships. And, um, yeah, I think that has played a huge part. So you've been building these relationships, and then you you stopped working at that late. What was the label, if you don't mind me asking? It was a Six Shooter Records. Six Shooter Records. So yeah. you're 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 right in the thick of things. Yeah. Just a young Jaja with a dream. <laughs> and what were you doing there? Industry tactics. What were you doing? Oh, I was. Um, don't be shy. Well, it was during the garbage strike. I remember carrying oh, a lot of fond memories, like dirty garbage bags out of their basement on Queen Street and like dead rats and, and you're, you're bringing me back this yeah. is good don't don't be shy of the dirt the shit that you had to shovel in yeah. order to get to where you are so what, what yeah dead rats dead rats they're huge like Queen Street rats where, where were they located they're that they was Britain their, Street or am I dreaming they're I think they're at but they're at Spadina and Queen now but mm-hmm. they were at Queen Street East for the longest time. Yes, yes, yes. But I would do mail-outs. You know, I remember um, there's Elliot Brood record that was coming out. I stuffed like 500 envelopes and put stickers on them. And I really just mailed posters for people like Luke Desette and all over the U.S. and wow. just little tasks. But it, it, it's, um, it's good work. It's good to learn how that all operates. I love that kind of work. I love stuffing it. You're sending out all these opportunities. You're, you're planting seeds. None of them get opened. <laughs> there's that too, right? I mean, uh, but, but there's that idea of sending out all these little golden opportunities. That's, that's the same feeling I get from applying for a grant, like what you were talking about earlier before mm-hmm. we, we began, you know? Little, little, little seed of hope in, your, in what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think every really every CD is a a calling card. It's a it's a business card now, yeah. and um, that's you know one of my other jobs when I was younger was with Richard Flohill. He's a publicist in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And um, he always said, you know, even if the CD doesn't get played, it's it's it is your calling card, and it's um, yeah. <laughs> Tactics. Yeah. That's great. We wanna. I think. Well, it's not great. It's kind of it's kind of sad too. But I think we're at a point in music making where fighting for relevance might, you know what I mean? It, and just the CD being what it is, mm-hmm. it, it's at a bit of a crossroads, and it's up to you to imagine and try to get it out there. And it's very difficult at times. Have you found it difficult with the music that you make? Yeah, you know, I used to think that oh, if I just not to say that hard work is won't get you anywhere, but um, it, I used to think that just with time and and touring and working that people would hear my music. But it also takes a lot of money and mm. a lot of marketing money. And, you know, I think a lot of the artists that you hear on popular radio, they have an entire team and they have financial backers behind them and sponsorships to make it heard. So as indie artists, you really have to create your own opportunities. You have to just be creative and get it heard by people. And, you know, sync placements are a great opportunity for that too. You know, if your songs aren't being played on the radio, well, what has a higher listenership or viewership than like The Walking Dead, for example? The sync sync placements are when you get your music played on television, is that? Yes. Yeah. 
So that is kind of, you hear about that. With me, the only time I ever had luck with that was the Tom Green show, and it helped pay for the down payment on my house. Wow. It was the gift from above. So oh, I it's a beautiful a, gift. It's a beautiful gift that never came back for 20 <laughs> yards, but we're, st- we're still in there. We're, we're still, still holding out. We're still fighting the fight, but I hear you on the, the, the sink business there. Isn't that interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so So we're talking about, well, you, I, you have a team behind you, though. This is a very exciting thing. You were talking about a team. I see you when you know when you when your last release came out. I saw posters of Jaja on the uh, on the streetcar, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we we purchased those with some factor money. Okay. Um, you're in there. You're doing it though, right? You're very it. much we're, rolling your sleeves up and all that. You were doing it ourselves. There's really yeah. there's my manager and then his assistant and it's really just the three of us wow trying to make this work and we obviously have a label that distributes the record but um what's the label it's a fontana okay or they're called cadence now but formerly known as maple music okay okay and you have your own label yeah so basically i own all my publishing and licensing for this album so far it's under darth jada music nice gotta love that yeah for obvious reasons right yeah and that shirt did really well for you too, didn't it? Uh, Darth Jada t-shirts, yeah. yeah. Where did that come from? Um, and I think my bandmates started calling me Darth on, I don't know why. Pricks. Pricks. Um, Who, who's in the band? Walk <laughs> us through some of these some of these pricks. These pricks. Okay, number one, there's a, well, it's your bandmates. Come on, we stop We have the that. same bandmates. Horseshit. There's a Sly Yuhas. Mm. His brother, Tom Yuhas. Tom Aish. We have, uh, on the records, we have Jason Snyderman. Yes, we need to talk about working with him and what that's been like. Yeah, he's awesome. Keep going, keep going. Uh, Nigel Hebblewhite. Yep. Um, A Run With The Kitten fame. Run With The Kitten's guy, yep. And uh, sometimes we have Lydia Prasad who sings harmony with us. Okay. Yeah. So those and assholes. Those asshole arses. And and what's it been like working with folks like Sly and Tom? Well, I love that they're brothers. They really have a synergy, and um, yeah, they're both just the same person, just on different instruments, and they they read each other well, and they're just they're like my brothers at this point. Oh man, that's really nice. Beautiful souls. <laughs> consistent consistent is the word that comes to mind mm-hmm. and Tom actually he produced this re- this new record with me he did okay yeah so with that alongside Stu Crooks so the three of us have been we had been working on this for a good year just wow really pouring our heart and soul into it so the fact that it's doing so well right now is really exciting number what are we at now number what on the CBC I vote for you semi-weekly you know what I don't I, I think that Countdown. It's, the countdown. It's also based on record sales. Holy cow! So the voting is good, but people should also buy my record. Okay. I'm going down that chart. Damn, damn. That's an interesting <laughs> feeling. So, but it's doing really well. It's yeah, it's well still on there, so yes. that's good. Yes, yes. And it's a, uh, it's an amazing sound. It's, it does sound like you poured your heart and soul into it, eh? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so it took you about a year to make. Yeah. What it's, what was the is that your usual like how long does it take you to put how long how long did it take you to put out your last record Clover? I think it took 
a year as well. I think next time I record, I would love yeah. to just do it in a two-week process and just capture that time. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Is there a fly buzzing around it's your head? It's freaking eyebrow. Just keep going. Don't worry. My eyebrow distracted me. Oh, yeah. I have, well, now that we're into it, look at the length of this eyebrow. Yeah, you need to trim See, that. No way. Mm-hmm. It's too long. I, I've grown it out this long. It scares it. me periodically. It could just feed into your beard. Thank you. So you want to do something really quick, like a turnover, a quick turnover, as opposed to a, a, uh, something that takes a lot more time. What's the difference? I think... It's just, making a record is painful. It really is. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, I would love to just rip it off like a band-aid next time and just capture that moment in time and the songs I'm writing at that moment as yeah. opposed to a year of me. Cause I, I didn't want to write this record. It's a pretty, it's yeah. a pretty emotional record. It's a yeah. breakup album. I didn't yeah. want to write it. I didn't want to finish it. So mm. it took a much longer time. Um, hmm. But I think there is something to be said about um, just going away somewhere with your band and and having no distractions and allowing everyone to really just relax yeah. and concentrate on one thing instead of yeah. going home to feed their cat or anything like that. Right, right. <laughs> Break breaking the, um, the the camp feel to it, if you will. Right? Yeah. Like there's a, there is a certain element and. Now the idea, so the idea wasn't that you finished that the last record, Love and Lust, and you didn't finish it and then sit on it for a year. Mm-hmm. You you obsessed over it, and and is that is that what happened? You I think got it's into a mix it. of both. Yeah, we definitely sat on it for a while to find the right home for it and a proper release schedule. But yeah, I was I was um I was just we were all pretty obsessed with making it sound perfect, so. We sat with it for a while, and um, yeah, I wanted it to sound perfect, and, and there's nothing on that record that I don't like. So. Let's play something from the record. What do you want to play? What's your favorite tune right now that you're digging? Well, uh, let's play Make It Easy. It's uh, our single, and it's charting on the CBC countdown. Get out there and vote, kids. Here it comes now. And for you pukes at home, you're going to have to tune in next week to the full podcast with Jaja. Say goodbye, Jaja. Goodbye. Goodbye. I want to drown the way I feel. If I do, does it make the heat less real? Sit up on me. Pull my waist. Watch the blood rush.
So talk to us about this first single. This is how the record opens, isn't it, right? Yeah. Are we still going? We're still going here on the audio <laughs> land. That was just a, a pulse. That was just a, a snippet for the kids at home in VR land, okay. right? Okay. So, so, so uh, beautiful tune. Thank you. Where'd that come from? Um, well, it, I, you know, out of all the songs I wrote that one, the quickest, it, I wrote it in just an afternoon, like in an hour. Hmm. And I wanted, I wanted to write a song about being ashamed of your desire. Okay. Um, Heavy. Heavy, about temptation and. Uh, what are you, Catholic? I am recovering. Yeah. Couldn't have smelled that. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Um. Uh, you know. You know the record's clearly about infidelity, and I. It. it I guess this song was written, a bit more sympath. It was a bit more, sympathetic towards the mistress about, what it's like to be the mistress to mm. want someone so badly and love someone who doesn't want you back or can't have you or hasn't made the choice to leave his partner to be with you and to mm. be, the agony of that. Um, and so that's, that's what that song's about. It's just about how crippling desire can be and how, how many layers sex can have about lust. And um, yeah. yeah, so I felt like we, we achieved that. Wow, yeah, yeah, you did. Heavy. And the video. I'm naked. Are you naked? Did, were you naked? Jeez. I didn't notice. I mean, the way it's shot. You didn't notice. No, I mean, the way it's shot. I, 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 it wasn't formally, uh, it, it wasn't, uh, it was explicit, but it wasn't, okay, never mind. You get what I'm saying. You're, yeah. Wow. Who shot that video? Um, it's a lovely videographer by the name of Gail Legrand. Okay. And so... The lyric video, I, I wanted the, the actual... The lyric video. Is this a thing? Yeah. Lyric video. I saw that. that. It was called the lyric video. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I wanted the lyrics written on my actual skin. So Gail and just... Gail got a Sharpie and shot by shot, we wrote all the lyrics on parts of my oh body. Oh, my and... gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Pardon <laughs> me, friends. Um, so, okay, we, we don't need to get it. That's fine. That's fine. The, the Sharpie, the Lark video, where were we going there? The, you going really deep into your songwriting. So that's why it took so long in essence. Was that a long period for you? That, that must've been a long, a year and a half, yeah. however long it was, a year to create that. I think Man. it was definitely the most uncensored record I've ever made. And yeah. I remember Lucinda Williams writing in an article that your job as a songwriter is, is to be uncensored and that you, you have to tell the truth no matter how uncomfortable it feels. Mm. And, and I, I don't know, I, I wanted to be honest, but and I, I, I wanted to make songs that actually resonated with people that were completely true. Yeah. Um, and it, and it is uncomfortable. It's painful. Yeah. But now it's done and I can write happy songs. And you, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to get through that and that cathartic kind of, it's a therapy, it's a therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a difficult time myself with that in being completely honest. I like to kind of sh- shade it a little or, uh, you know, maybe working a little bit of code. Yeah. 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 
Maybe, and maybe it is a, a fear of being so vulnerable. Like being, so when you're talking about all this business of desire and mistress and all that, you're talking. Is that, are you right out there? Is that an honest? Yeah. Chad Jack Kelly. I know. Yeah. 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 But some of my favorite albums are breakup albums. And, yep. you know, I love some. What are they? What are some of your favorite breakup uh, like, or some of your favorite records that come from that place? What are they? Um, well, a lot of Canadian artists, like yeah. Asking for Flowers by Kathleen Edwards. Okay. And, um, even Jolene by yeah. Dolly Parton, where yeah. she just says the woman's name. And we have an, a song on the album that's just blatantly called Mariah. Mm. And <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah. I think it's your job to be vulnerable and... It's not like, I don't think it's a spiteful song. I think it's a really beautiful song where it sympathizes with the mistress. Does that kind of uh, honesty get you in trouble? Was yeah. It, yeah? It does. But you go for it. I go for it because I see wow, it man. helping people more than hurting people. You know, I'm not the only one that's experienced that. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. So now upward and onward into the happy land of, of songwriting. How do you create your songs? You know, you've got a great musical family around you. You're working with Snyderman. You're working with the Chuchas brothers. You're working with the Crooksy. Um, <laughs> when you sit down, what do you do? How do you walk us through that um, process? Well, all my songs generally start um, as little seedlings. Either a melody will pop into my head while I'm walking down the street, or and I'll record it on my phone. Or yeah, I'll just. It's usually when I'm zoned out walking or driving and um, oh great great <laughs> don't drive with yeah, me on don't, the road yeah, yeah, yeah. um and little words will come into my mind and then i'll start obsessively playing with them and then record them into my phone and then i'll go home that night and i'll, I'll kind of sift through everything and choose songs that are her strongest and what does the final product look like like when is it a I want to get into it. Are you writing on a pad of paper and are the chords on top? What are you doing? I'm just, I've got a bunch of little songwriting books that are scattered around. and um, Charting it out then? Or yeah, what? mostly just okay. lyrics. And I really, um, I procrastinate my lyrics, I, my lyrics. I yeah, wait thank you. until I'm, you know, doing vocals in the studio to actually. Jesus, she's the Busta Rhyme. Of, 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 what do you refer to yourself as? Singer-songwriter? I guess so, yeah. Singer-songwriters. And uh, I saw Buster Rhyme do that too. $9,000 a day. He's bucking, bucking uh, pad of paper and pencil. He's writing wow. little lyrics. But then when he went in there to bust it out, he really did, pardon the pun. Wow. It was a thing of beauty. And so you're writing the lyrics. So you're procrastinating on the lyrics. And then... You wrote something like 65 songs to whittle her down to 15, 20? Is that how yeah, it we went? Yeah, we had about 65 demos that we made. and then Key ripes. I guess Stu and Tom helped me decide oh my which God. of them were strongest and which kind of had the same general theme. Yeah. So, the theme of heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to do that. It's good to have that as part of your, your body of work. And so you're, okay... You're born in Whitby. Whitby. Where'd you go to school? Went to Leo J. Austin and then All Saints. Where in Toronto? High, sc high school in Whitby. All Saints in Toronto, okay. And then I went to University of Toronto. Okay. 
Okay, and and where did you? Why the music? Why the why the music? I just I guess always uh, gravitated towards it. I I um I just knew from a young age that I'm gonna be a songwriter. I'm gonna yeah. be a musician, and I was just constantly singing. Constantly, it just felt um, healing to me, and it still does. So. How old How old were you when you started making music? I guess, um, like, my first song that I sort of wrote, my first poem, I was maybe six or seven. Whoa. It was mostly just doodles and scribbles, but... Beauty. My mom said I was... Graphic just, score. Yeah. <laughs> but my mom said I was, you know, singing before I was talking, so I was... Huh. Uh, you know, and then I just... I was, took lessons for every instrument, you know, fiddle, flute, piano, guitar, and I did competitions, fiddle competitions, and school plays and coffee houses and my dad would take me to open mics in Toronto during the week after school and you fiddle eh I fiddle has that come into your work at all I've not seen you no should that <laughs> no no okay I'm not that good anymore okay okay I know a few uh reels yes okay or some uh you're waltzes. for reels yeah I'm for reels and and you, you can waltz as well and and, and jig and, and you jig yeah wow boil them cabbage down oh come on stop it it's my hit stop it boil and cabbage down <laughs> uh we got a hole here eh we got a hole it's fine it's the... there's a hole into the outside world and so you went to u of t then you then you started working immediately in the industry it's beautiful it's beautiful, like the, I, I really, I didn't know that about you, that you, you, Six Shooter, Richard Flowhill, that's where you kind of got your chops and learned. Does the music industry make you sick? <laughs> like, is there anything that really, what gets you a little blue about the industry? Well, that people don't buy CDs anymore. Yeah, it's there's always that. upsetting. Yeah. Um, but I try not to let it get me down, because yeah. there's other ways of making money, like, there are musicians' rights organizations out there that collect royalties for you, like MROC or SOCAN. Mm -hmm. And if you just, you know, if you're diligent with the paperwork and you file all of the records that you've ever played on, like mm -hmm. even, you know, I used to sing, or I sing with a metal band called Protest the Hero. Right. And so, you know, I registered all of my works from 10 years with MROC and got a nice, healthy check from that. So Love you just, it. you have to be creative and, and you can't rely on record sales if people aren't buying them. And, um, even so how does that work with Protest the Hero? Did you know those guys? Like, have you known those guys forever or what? Yeah, well, they grew up in, in Whitby, Whitby. And um, they came to play at my school all the time. And, <sighs> and so I've just always known them. Charming. Yeah. Charming. And you sing. I've seen this on the internet. Yeah. That you sing with them. Is that right? Yeah, just guest vocal stuff occasionally. Amazing. I don't tour with them or anything. Okay. But... Wow. And... Um, and what's the city of Toronto f feel like for you? Like you've lived here a while. I know you've you're now like Nashvilleian, but what what has the city of Toronto meant for your career? I think um, well, you know, you know the Cameron House, obviously. Yeah. I think you know that residency that I did in Toronto all those years, you know, Tuesdays six to eight, yeah. that really helped me hone my chops and build an audience. So whenever I play in Toronto now, it's it's um it's a big big audience. People I've I've developed a really good following here and 
good friends, but, um, you know, the reason I moved to Nashville this year was, um, just to explore bigger opportunities. I, I think as a Canadian artist, you sometimes have to leave Canada. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, you yeah. can't just keep touring Canada. No, you can't. And you, you can't, can't rely on the granting system for your whole life. You need to no. break free from it. Does the idea of you... How often do you play in Toronto now? Probably only twice a year. There you go. So there's this there's this tactic I've noticed among many people, and I've fallen into it myself. Not not, not for... I mean, I, I love to play as much as I, I humanly can, but there is that thing of don't play Toronto too often. Don't play... Do you call it a market? Yeah. Yes, is. she does. It is a market. Don't play that market too often. Yeah. So, is it the same in Nashville for you, or are you pl- or are you playing the shit out of Nashville when you're there? Is it different? Um, with yeah, well, it's different in Nashville because no one knows me down there. I am starting fresh yes. and making friends, and um, wow. you know, I do a lot of songwriting circles down there, and mostly just writing sessions it's all about writing down there um and so that's i think the better way to connect with musicians and people in the industry is just by writing you get out there you get out there it's so inspiring so you posted something and you and you're you're very vulnerable which i really admire i'm going to take that from you you post sure (laughs) listen to you like it's a like it's i'm gonna try but uh you posted something on Facebook when you first moved down there that really struck me. It was something like... Oh, about like, how homesick I was? Yeah. Yeah. You were, you know, I felt for you. So what was that like? Like, Yeah, you were just... I, it's hard moving to a no new shit, city. You no know? shit. I went down there with Zoe Sky Jordan. Yeah. Who's a songwriter and her boyfriend Liam Titcomb. Um, okay. But I didn't, it's hard. It's, it's, I really struggled. We all did. Any of my Canadian friends that have yeah. moved down there, there are some serious growing pains. Yeah. Um, I bet, yeah. But, you know, it's getting easier, and I'm, I'm sticking it out and making friends and and writing really great songs. Was it, if I ask why Nashville, is that a silly question? No, not at all. You, I, I guess I could have gone anywhere, but... Yeah. Um, is that right? Like, you were at that point in your life where you said... I'm just going to leave Canada for a bit. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of on a little gypsy train right now. I'd, okay. I'd put everything in storage at my parents' place, and I really just kind of live out of two suitcases right now. And, um, you know, in between touring, I kind of just rent furnished places, or I house sit, cat sit, and live places for free. Very creative but you I like, are. I like that freedom. I like, um, cause I have no attachments anywhere. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just... It's exciting. It is. It can be lonely, but it's more exciting than lonely. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think you've got your families where you know your musical families and the, and your community close by enough and where you need them to be, right? Mm-hmm. So, what uh, are you touring quite a bit? Is that the plan too? Well, yeah, in the fall we're pretty nonstop. It's um, wow. we're gonna be doing the Americana Fest in Nashville, okay. and um, uh, Southwest Folk Alliance in Austin, and then. Um, South by Southwest? Or no, Southwest Folk Alliance. South by Southwest, Jada. I think you got it wrong. No, it's not South by Southwest. I know that that is. No, so what are you saying it is? It's a Folk Alliance in Austin. Okay. It's called Southwest. South. (laughs) Anyway, okay, yeah. Okay. 
and um, anyway, so then I'm touring across Canada to a bunch of theaters and like uh, festival oh. folk clubs with Sweet Alibi. We're um, we're doing that in the fall, um, and then. And then is there a booking interior. agent involved? Do you have like, is there a bit of a team behind you? Oh, we're searching for one. It's. Okay. I think that's one thing that you learn when you're a musician is that. You can never agents, have enough support, eh? I know. Like it's, yeah. Um, you can either hound an agent constantly to get stuff done, or you can do it yourself. So, that's kind of our, our thing right now is that we're just doing it ourselves together well, as a team. I mean, I'm I'm in awe that you have a manager. How did that happen? Um, well, Alan Wells, I met him in Memphis at a conference maybe seven years ago. and um, a Good guy. A solid good guy. egg. Everyone Wellsy. loves him. My family yeah. loves him. He's like wow. a dad. He's wow. He really believes in what I'm doing. And even though it's not necessarily lucrative at the moment, right. he still believes in it and is pushing it forward. Well, I admire that. And mm. I think that's a, it's a beautiful thing, right? Mm. And from there... I know other chips will fall in the place, right? But yeah. it's it's that's really cool to have someone like that in your corner believing in what you're doing and you know, on those days where you may not be how are you for consistency? Do you do you does it get to you some days in terms of your your brain? Oh. Or does this does this like moods? Oh. I understand well, music. We're, I- we're songwriters, so our moods are yeah, constantly yeah. up and down. Yeah, 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 of course. And I think as a musician, when you're on and off the road so much, it's, yeah. it's hard to come back to home life. It's um, It takes a good week of transitioning, I think, and you, you start to kind of miss all your tour mates and yeah. miss miss being on the road because in, when you're touring you're just living in the moment constantly ah, the adventure eh? it is an adventure it's great and you're doing what you love every night so when there's yeah. long dry spells where you're not playing it you have to remind yourself that just to keep yourself busy with other things do you kind of love hate the road i do yeah i it's I like doing opening tours. There's no stress with opening tours. Uh-huh. We've been opening for White Horse in the States a lot. And yeah. We just show up, plug in, play and five songs. And, and there's then, a crowd there. And there's a crowd. Or you're not responsible if there isn't a crowd. Yeah. I mean, both of those. Yeah, I'm not responsible for it. And I'm not losing hundreds of dollars if no one's there. So. Yeah. Yeah. What's the best gig you've ever played in your entire life? I think my favorite gig was... Um, it was about a year and a half ago at the Rivoli. I, I was showcasing all of these new songs that hadn't been recorded or were still being written. And mm. there's just a beautiful energy in the room. Everyone was crying at the end. And oh, man. It, it just felt good. It was one of my favorite shows. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and conversely, what was the shittiest gig you've ever played? Oh, man. Yeah. I think someone hired me to play at some fundraiser like in Oakville or something oh, I was with damn. John Bryant and we oh, yeah. we go trained there together I love it that's where I'm gonna go right after this yeah go train right back to Oakville you live in Oakville oh hell yeah oh I didn't know that yeah um and we realized when we got there it wasn't really a gig they just we were background music for the um, volunteer tent Oh. We just sat in a corner with a tiny PA and. Oh, that's great. And then they gave us movie tickets as payment. 
Yeah, you couldn't paint a better picture. It's sad. <laughs> that is, thank you for that. Yeah. And now I'm crying. Mm. Well, I'm, uh, you, you, I have more I think I want to ask you. Let's just, just give me a second here. Well, it's not coming to me so quickly. <laughs> Snyderman. What's it been like working with Snyderman? Well, Jason is, um, he's been playing on all my records since I was about 21. And 21. He's such a, he's so stylish. Yeah. All of his outfits. He's yeah. Just, but he's a genius. I think he's a genius. He's the... The instruments that he has, the keyboards. Are Tell us about going unreal. to his house. What's it like? Um, it's huge and beautiful and. And Gar, is it a Gar it's everywhere? Gar Central. Yeah. So and how just... did you meet him? How did you? How did that? How did you guys connect? Um, I met Jason through David Baxter. He's um, David's a, a producer and guitarist in town and songwriter, and um. Yeah, Jason just hap- was hired to play on that first record, and he's played on everything since. And and you and you you Rutledge. Justin Rutledge. Mm-hmm. I yeah I know Justin Rutledge. We wrote together and write together. Um, how do you write? Let's write together. What do you? What would I'm? How do you do it? What do you do? I think when you write with someone, it really is a, like a first date. Oh Christ! I know it, it can be good or bad, and sometimes two people don't jive well together they don't write well together yeah but i found with justin actually it's really easy to write with him he just kind of he really digs deep for a better line and you know? you, you come with an idea or a yeah. few concepts and, and you, you back and forth and then yeah. you have it by the end of it you got a tune or two yeah and just drink 10 bottles of wine and okay. then there it is okay okay that's yeah. what happens mm-hmm. what if I might ask you, when you, with the move to Nashville, uh, what do you think of some of your pars? Some of the, some, like, if I might say, like, a, like do you, what's it like? There, do you, do you, is there any competition in your world? No. Is music, music isn't a competition for you, is it? No, it. Well, especially with all the ladies that I hang out with here in Toronto. All yeah, the you're in with all of these songwriters. There's a scene going on. Yeah, and we're all super supportive. Even when supportive. you're not in the same country, yeah. Yeah. So who are your, who is your family there, all of your ladies? In Toronto? Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, well, there's Or a, displaced Toronto, if we might say. I don't know. Um, you know, well, in Nashville, there's... Uh, no, I guess either. well there's I, Lindy Ortega yeah she's Canadian as well there's Sarah Cripps and Zoe Sky Jordan are you in with those guys like do you know do you hang out yeah we just yeah we're all really supportive and why don't we say guys gals gals yeah, yeah. Um, and even here in Toronto there's Cindy Dwar there's Melanie Brule yes Andrea Ramelow, um yeah Faye Blay it's we're all support each other's endeavors and um, that's really great you know, I'm, I'm able to build, I'm glad I'm able to build that in uh, Nashville. How do you, um, like, how do you, give an example of how you guys would support, you gals will support each other. Um. You seem like, to, I really am jealous of a lot of these elements. Like, you seem to really, I don't know, get behind each other in a really genuine way. Yeah. Is I, that it? 
Yeah, well, we all, we go to each other's shows constantly. We just... Yeah. Um, but it's on a, a personal level, too. We're there for each other no matter what because we're all living the same life and we're all making mm. the same sacrifices. As, as women especially, it's like... Yeah. You kind of have to make a choice early on if you want to keep doing this. It's not that you can't have a family life and continue doing music, but it makes it a lot harder. And I think we're extra supportive mm. for that reason and um we just want each other to do well yeah. so we know what it's like oh, that's really beautiful well i mean uh i thank you for letting us into your mind and it's a very it's a nice place to be eh oh yeah it's great thank you um <laughs> and and best of luck when when do you go back to narshville I go back September 1st. Okay. I'm going to enjoy the Canadian summer while I'm here because right it's on. so hot down there right now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jada. Well, what do you want to leave with? One more tune for the ages. Let's go back to Cloverchuck. Okay. What are we going to play? <laughs> Let's play Wild West Rain. I love it. Um, here it comes now. Jada Kelly, God bless you. God bless you. Good Catholic girl. I held your heart. Like a wandering train Your love comes and goes Like wild west rain No, it's hard, you've gotta know Pain teaches your heart to grow And though it's hard, you've gotta see
thank you again for tuning in to Industry Tactics. I'm Friendly Rich, and you can learn more about the show at Industry Tactics on Twitter. Uh, you can download these episodes from SoundCloud or any podcatcher that you use. And finally, um, to learn more about, we've got a couple of very exciting tour dates coming up and show announcements. So please go to FriendlyRich.com to learn more about the wacky music that I'm making. Okay, thanks, and we'll see you next time.